Welcome to Swell Radio, RFUA, radio for unsigned artists. RFUA is here to unite the listening audience, unsigned and undeveloped musical talent with well-known and established music industry contacts. Get ready to join members of the San Diego-based musical group SLED for a journey celebrating rock and roll music both past, present, and future. This is Swell Radio, RFUA, on The Answer San Diego. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, it's the 8th of May, 2021, and tonight we have the sweetest, extraordinarist, smoking wild man guitar player, Pete Black, you'll know him best, with King Diamond. He's in the studio in the house with us, the Swell Aussie Music Minute, the Sled Track of the Week, a bunch of stuff coming your way, but before we get to that, my name's Peter DeLuke. Sean Peck is back. My name's Dino DeLuke. My name is Kerry Rothman. And that means I must be Swell Ozzy. And I'm Cole Lewis rounding out the Saturday Night Fun. Get some Corvoisier, get the fire pit going, get the cake tap. You know what to do. Sit back. Let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, The baby. one, the only Swell Radio RFUA, AM 1170, FM 96.1, on the answer, KCBQ San Diego, Swell Radio. There's more Swell Radio, RFUA, radio for unsigned artists. On the answer, San Diego. For all your legal needs, Arena Law Group, 2732 Fifth Avenue, San Diego, California, 92103. All aspects of criminal law from DUI, domestic violence, drug charges, homicide, and even all your civil litigation needs. Albert Arena, over 35 years of trial experience in San Diego County. Arena Law Group, 619-231-3100. Again, 619-231-3100. Albert Arena, he won't let you down. Swell Radio would like to thank our sponsors. Vox Direct, Brock Scott Photography, Brenniger Chiropractic, Always Metal Auto and Metal Recycling, Last Day's Tattoo, Mary's Donuts, Lakeside, Ramona Main Stage Theater, Rock and Roll San Diego, Conlon Digital Media, and the Arena Law Group. Without their sponsorship, our show would not be possible. Hey, this is Jeff Carlson of the Jeff Carlson Band with my friends from Sled on Swell Radio, RFUA, kick-ass rock and roll. Welcome back to RFUA Swell Radio, radio for unsigned artists. On The Answer, San Diego. Swell Radio, RFUA. Well, everybody, you're in for a major treat tonight. Our special guest this week is former King Diamond guitarist, wild man Pete Black. Pete Black from Gothenburg, Sweden, best known for his days as the lead guitarist of King Diamond. Throughout the heyday years of them, Conspiracy and the I albums. His reputation as an amazing performer is matched only by his infamous legacy as a complete heavy metal wild man. Now let's rock to the track. Tea bag.
hey, it's Sean Peck. R F U A. Pete Black is here yeah. in the studio. We're going to hear the real story of how this all happened. There's a lot of the information coming out today. It's probably never really been told in a public forum. Uh, let's get right into it. Pete, good to have you here. Um, I've known you for a few years now. And uh, give us, let's start from the beginning, how you started playing guitar, why you started playing guitar, who you were influenced by, and those early bands that you created in the uh in the in the metal scene back in sweden back in those days let's go from the very beginning okay very beginning well i was into sports as a kid did played ice hockey and you know how this all started was uh, a friend of mine uh he brought me to a concert when i was like uh, maybe seven years old you know and this guy played Jimi hendrix covers and I went to a music store and I saw those orange amps. You remember those orange? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, one day I'm gonna have one of those." And um, you know, that's how I picked up the guitar. You know, and uh, at seven years old, what, eight, yeah, nine, something like that. Yeah, wow. th- this is funny because my cousins they bugged me. They said, you can't play guitar. And my grandmother had the guitar on the wall. And I was cocky, you know, like, I can play, you know. So I just brought it down and started to play in, you know. And I just had it in me. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, so that's how it all started, kind of, you know. You know what's so funny is that he mentions he loves ice hockey and sports. All of us are avid sports fanatics. Some of us were athletes. I played sports. Kerry still does. My brother Dino. Isn't it amazing how musicians are love athletes and we love sports, even though our callings in music. And I know quite a few uh, – Professional musicians that love music and play, and I don't want to brag, but I played Division One soccer. So, so there, take that. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I played college level soccer. Yeah, but we no, were hockey one. players, man. I yeah. used to hit anyway, people over the head with. I couldn't skate that good. I, I love hockey though. Uh, we were Let's ho- get back to Pete though, man. Come on, Pete, tell us some more. So, who are some of your early influences too? Well, you know, I started. A friend of mine uh, lived next door uh, back in the days. His big brother had records, and we, you know, snuck in his room without permission and listened to them. It was like Black Sabbath. Yeah. And it was actually the live album from Woodstock with 10 years after. Oh, and those got oh, yeah. Yeah. and uh, sure. we, you know, listened all day, and, and that got me hooked. And later on, I'm a huge Richard Blackmore fan, yeah. of course. You know, Deep Purple, big in Europe. And, um, you yeah. know. From there, there on, you know, I mean, uh, people who influenced me, Richard Blackmore, Michael Schenker, you know, number one. It's interesting that you mention um, how influential Deep Purple was in when you were growing up. Because I lived in Europe as a teenager as well, and I know what influence that band has. I literally swear to God, Smoke on the Water was the only song on the radio Forever, so there is definitely Europe really took to Deep Purple. I think in a far bigger way than it did in the U.S. Actually, it was unless, so unless you're immense. a metalhead musician like True. all of us, exactly. And me being a keyboard player, being so yeah. influenced by John Lord, who was one of the oh, biggest, yeah. my biggest influences. He's a, a god to me, but yeah. Oh, I get it. I totally get it. But the the influence was so saturated over in Europe. I will. I'll never forget it. I thought if I ever hear Smoke on the Water again, I'm going to kill myself. And ended up ended up doing rock radio and played it all the time, and I was fine with it. It. it I just. I. I I really grew an appreciation with the band. 
So, hey, we have so we want to know a couple of things. I mean, you really ran with some some great players in the day, you know, in the early days of metal in Sweden and all that. Um, Mickey D of Motorhead, King Diamond, and now Scorpions, Michael Denner from Merciful Fate. So tell us about the people you ran with and who you're still friends with in, in the scene right now. Yeah, I'm all friends with all those guys still. Uh, it, it went like this. I was living in a small town, Jönköping, and, uh, you know, I was heading for, you know, in my head, I was a rock star. And uh, I wanted to be a rock star, and the town was too small. So I moved to Gothenburg. And I joined, uh, at that time, the first new wave of British heavy metal band uh, called EF Band, which actually is a funny, who ran the fan signs and uh, the fan club for EF Band? Lars Ulrich. Oh, <laughs> what? Wow. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so I, I moved from the town. I was 18, and I tried out for the band, got the gig, and did a couple of tours, and then I hung out in Gothenburg, and... Became friends with Mickey, um, and uh, at the at the point at the time there was this Danish guy came up from Copenhagen. We heard the rumor there's a Danish guy looking for musicians. This was Jens from Bratz. Oh. This was uh, the original Merciful Fate lineup with Jens, Michael Danner, Hank Sherman, and the drummer's name I can't remember him. Anyways, he was looking for musicians. Uh, I met up with him and said, I'm going to, you know, let's form a band. So me, Mickey, and a bass player, we moved down to Copenhagen. This was AD3. And Mercer Fate came back from their first U.S. tour. And I became friends with Dan. We hung out and drank a lot and, you know, partying. And um, we lived in Copenhagen for the time, you know. And we we almost, um, uh, actually, we were... St- you know, on our way to signing with with Island Records, with that band, Geisha was the name. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Merciful Fate came back from the second U.S. tour. This was 84. And um, Michael invited me and Mickey to uh, his apartment because he had Swedish channels. We were watching Ice Hockey Championship. <laughs> and and uh, we were sitting there. And then Michael said, you know. Uh, you know what? Let's hold it right there and go to the song. We want to leave a cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah, totally. Let's get into Father Picard, our special guest in the studio. And we are fired up about a Pete Black. Let's do Father Picard right here at Swell Radio, RFUA.
father of a card by King Diamond. More with Pete Black. And you know what? Pick right up where we left off. So, Pete, you were in Denner's apartment and? Well, you know, we watched, uh, like I said, a hockey world championship because mm-hmm. in the, those days, Denmark could pick up the signal from Sweden and we were in Copenhagen. Anyway, so Michael goes like, yeah, you know, Merciful Fate split up. And I go like, what? You know, because they just got back from a tour. And me and Mickey looked at each other like, whoa, holy crap, you know. And uh, then he said, we are going to form a new band. And we're going to call it King Diamond. And we want you two guys to be in the band. And I was going like, well, you know, i go back. Geisha was going pretty strong at this point. You had a lot of label interest and all that. So yeah, we were, touch on the Geisha stuff before you. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, Roadrunner offered us a deal, which we turned down. We were so cocky. <laughs> you know, we was like, we oh, want a major label. Oh, you know, oh, screw not, you. Not Roadrunner. Yeah, Roadrunner yeah. yeah. came pretty big, though. Roadrunner Records. Exactly. So anyway. Now, so so we're sitting there and talking, and, and I was like, you know, well, you know, I have Geisha. We're on a roll here. We're going to sign, you know, everything. I don't think I'm going to join. And But Mickey went, well, you know, I'm interested. And at the time, we were living in an apartment, Mickey and me, because we're Swedish. So we were in Copenhagen, you know, foreign country, but still close. So we went back that night. and With Mickey, Mickey D's girlfriend's house, right? Like rock star style, sleeping at her place, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, we were in a house, and uh, and Mickey said, "I'm I'm actually thinking of joining." And I said, "Are you crazy? You know, are you gonna leave the band? Because I've always been like a loyal guy. You know, I, I like being loyal, you yep, know, to yep. stuff. And and Geisha was my band. I said, "How can you even think about it?" Said, yeah, but you know, it's a career move, and blah blah blah. So actually, the history is there. You know, he joined. I said no. And uh, they they came back to me three times asking me to join the band, but that's the original story. Uh, I actually got them, you know, to hook up with Andy, who got the gig later. Well, for, get, take it one step at a time. We got a minute left, but the first you got some other guitar player in there that didn't work out for the Abigail tour, right? Yeah, I had a friend of mine, which I got the gig because yeah. I said I have a, a merciful fate freak, and he joined. He got fired two weeks after two weeks. And uh, and then Andy got the gig, so they... And reco- you knew Andy from... From just, Gothenburg, just yeah. Just the we, scene? Yeah, we were friends. We were hanging out. He played in a local band in Gothenburg. And, and for those of you that don't know, Andy LaRocque is still the guitar player of King Diamond, right? Yeah, and we're still friends. Andy's a great guy. And he does a lot. Of, he's real famous for his studio work. He's got a big studio. Yeah, he actually produced, uh, co-produced one of my albums. We're going to play a song off that coming up. That's awesome. Hey, stick around. We've got our special guest in the studio, Pete Black, legendary wild man and guitarist right here at Swell Radio, RFE Way. There's more Swell Radio, RFUA, radio for unsigned artists. On The Answer, San Diego. Swell Radio would like to thank our sponsors. Vox Direct, Brock Scott Photography, Brenniger Chiropractic, Always Metal Auto and Metal Recycling, Last Day's Tattoo, Mary's Donuts, Lakeside, Ramona Main Stage Theater, Rock and Roll San Diego, Conlin Digital Media, and the Arena Law Group. Without their sponsorship, our show would not be possible. 
Vox Direct recognizes the challenges of COVID-19 for small businesses and to help you stay connected with your customers, they're offering special versions of their advanced voice and text marketing services completely free. You heard that correctly, completely free during the COVID-19 outbreak. Now that we're all working from home, you can turn on group cell phones and make a unified phone system. There's text marketing and voice at all in one platform, virtual receptionist, two virtual extensions, and a toll-free number for your business. Text important messages to your customers and employees. Customers can reply directly to your messages. Unlimited keywords, subscribers, and list. Easy to use templates and unlimited inbound calls and texts. This special support package will be provided for free with no strings attached and no credit cards required throughout the duration of the pandemic. Call today for more information. 1-844-800-7154. That's 1-844-800-7154. That's right, Jimmy's Famous Restaurant, Santee, California. 9635 Mission Gorge Road. Long-running eatery and sports bar. Serving American comfort food in a casual diner-like atmosphere. Jimmy's Famous Restaurant and Sports Bar. 619-448-8994. That's 619-448-8994. Remember, Jimmy's Famous Restaurant, Santee, California. Hi, this is Ryan. And this is Will. Of Sprung, Sprung Monkey. Monkey. And you're listening to our friends from SLED on Swell Radio, RFUA. Keep rocking, San Diego. Rockin'. Welcome back to RFUA Swell Radio. Radio for unsigned artists. On The Answer, San Diego. Swell Radio, RFUA. I hope you're having a great Saturday. In the studio with legendary guitarist, the Swedish sensation Pete Black. Pete, let's talk about how you finally made that big decision to to join King Diamond, and, and how did it go down, man? Well, like I said, we were in Copenhagen, and uh, you know, King is Danish, and the band was based in Denmark at the time, which we were too with Geisha and. And, you know, they asked me a couple of times before the Abigail tour, you know, they called me up and said, hey, you got to join because uh, Dana didn't want to tour. And uh, what happened was we started sharing rehearsal place with King Diamond, but it was only Mickey and Andy at the time um, still in the band because everyone was gone. Timmy was gone and um, the other guitarist was fired who did the tour. So we started, you know, and I heard the songs and I said, Freaking, this sounds awesome, you know? I mean, they were rehearsing, and I heard the song we played, T, by the way, and I said, this sounds great, guys. And, you know, it's starting to grow on me, like, maybe, you know, maybe I should join the band. And um, I met King at the New Year's party, and uh, I woke up to him and I said, hey, King, you know, I heard your new songs, sounds killer, but you're missing something. And he goes, like, what? You know, looked at me, he's like, yeah, a real guitarist. <laughs> 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 uh, All right, so hold that thought because Swell Ozzy's got a question. Oz, hit Pete up, man. Let, let's hear it. Pete, I'd like to ask you, what bands do you feel are the most influenced by King Diamond's music? Also, Pete, if you can, could you comment on some of the stories that appeared in Snowy Shaw's book about your wild days on the road? 
<laughs> okay. First things first. The first question. Well, I think most of the black metal scene is influenced by King Diamond, but if you have to go back to Merciful Fate. Because Merciful Fate influenced Metallica, Slayer, yes. you know, all yep. those yes. bands. And, uh, I mean, Michael Denner is the godfather of heavy metal, you know. And, Hail uh, and back in the days, you know, before King Diamond, you know, we were hanging out and, and partying together. And I think no one knew what was going to happen. Of course, you know, that's always the case. And uh, regarding the stories, yeah, they're all true. But, you know, he... he <laughs> you got to read Snowy Shaw's book on SteelCartel.com. It's available. He actually yeah. censored out a lot of stuff in there. You know, it was crazy back then, you know. Uh, you know, I was um, ra- raging alcoholic and, you know, it was crazy. I mean, in the 80s and, you know, today I have 32 uh, years sober. And, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to jump in because that whole time period, you were not alone. That was a really uh, significant time where people just felt empowered by music. They saw the impact of music and, and, and heavy metal was was breaking through you know, popular culture. So you felt invincible. So your wild man days, you weren't alone in that because a lot of bands went through that and a lot of artists were yeah. like that, you know? You know, Monsters of Rock came through Europe and uh, Motley Crue is, a, you know, a fair, one of my favorite bands and Nikki is a friend of mine. We hung out and we were killing it back then in the 80s. It yeah. was crazy, yeah. you know. <laughs> and no one thought about the day after, you know, we were living in the now. But, you know, I think, you know, we're artists and we're sensitive and most of us have that disease. You know, we carry it around. I want to uh, ask, going back to when you joined King Diamond, so... Uh, Timmy from uh, Merciful Fate was the bass player for a while. I saw one of those shows. He was wearing the eye patch. It was insane. Mickey Deal. Saw the Abigail tour. And then you got, when you got in, the other bass player, Hal Patino, uh, was in. Tell us about how Hal was involved and how you, how you met him and how he, he became an, uh, the bass player at King Diamond. No, no, Hal was in Geisha. He just joined Geisha. And uh, Timmy, he uh, had a kid. And he had, so his wife left him, and kind of split, I don't know what happened, but he had to take care of his kids, so he couldn't tour. And uh, so he left King Diamond, so it was only Mickey, Andy, and King left. And uh, I said, um, when I got the offer again for the third or fourth time to join, I said to the boys, well, let's bring Hal in, because he's a perfect fit. Uh, great guy, great bass player, so that's how Hal came about. We both join at the same time. Um, that's so cool, man. And, and, you know, being Swedish, too, and you and I were talking a little earlier before the show, and uh, we were talking about, you know, keyboard players, and you mentioned of course, the brothers, Johansson and Anders and, and Jens, of course. And, I mean, having a chance to, to play and work with those guys, too, I know you've been able to do that. To tell us a little bit about those guys. Anders and Jens, yeah, I mean, you know, they were an Ingvi band, uh, killer musicians, oh, great guys, amazing. you know, yeah. So, no, I mean, I know Anders really well. You know, he uh, it's so funny because uh, when I formed Totem, my own band, um, and I had a guy coming up trying out for, for my band. He was uh, in a studio with Anders, and uh, they were playing. And this guy said, I'm going up to Gothenburg to try out for Pete Black's new band. And Anders going like, 
Are you sure? You know, are you sure do you want you to do know, that? Do you know people? He's crazy, man. You're not going to do that. Like you're <laughs> taking your life in your own hands by doing that. Yeah. Hang on. We want to hear, hear the story more of it, but we got to get to another track here. I got to keep you boys on track. That's what I do around here. Let's get to Judas Witch. We got Peak Black in the studio, Swell Radio, RFUA.
Oh my god, I, man, I love stuff like that. Yeah, the baby. tracks Judas Witch, the album and project or band is Disaster Piece. Pete, tell us a little bit about Disaster Piece if you can. Well, it was a band uh, or actually a project record I did. Uh, you know, I lived in Florida and, and uh, this journalist hooked me up with a guy named Wade. And, uh, you know, we started this. I wrote all the material and recorded it. And Andy uh, LaRock is actually co-producing that album. Oh, so cool. we did it in his studio. And then, you know, back when we did this, you know, the metal scene was, you know, gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just, you know disappeared with everything it sounds i've heard the album the album's badass though people should uh but should pick it up let's uh on our last segment let's talk about you being on tour and recording you know you're known as the classic lineup for king diamond that was responsible for the them uh conspiracy and the i albums which are three of the best along with the abigail album you know pretty much universally accepted so tell us about you know the the going on the tours and and doing those records well first of all i think you're right because uh, those three albums and it's not because i'm on those but it's, you know we had such a synergy you know it was that you know when you bring john bonham out of zeppelin there's no zeppelin and we, me and Andy, we did such amazing trade-off. You know, we we wrote together, and you know, Mickey, which I think is, <laughs> I mean, big part of the sound that we had for those albums, is playing. I mean, there's no one like Mickey D. You know, he's oh, he's, he's a just thunderous a, drummer, man. Yeah. He's insane. Oh my god. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, we had fun, and uh, we want to roll. You know, we did the best albums in my thinking. You know, uh, and. And when I left, had left, um, I think most of that, you know, synergy effect was gone. And that happens with bands. I mean, when you alter lineups, it, you may think on paper it sounds good, but when you go into the studio, it, it just there's a different dynamic. It's sometimes you're right. It's that that synergy of certain artists playing together that really makes it. Yeah, I just want to say though that King, he's a freaking genius. You know, if you look at his lyrics, the stories that he did, you know, I mean, no one has done that. So you know, all credit to him. He he had most of the saying and everything, and you know, great. You know, great guy and everything. You know, what he did is uh, just amazing. So you did the tour, the um, the them tour was the first one you did, right? Yep. Okay. And then did did you tour with Snowy ever as yeah. the drummer? Oh yeah. Okay. So what was it like when Snowy became the drummer? You know, I know Mickey. They're both insane drummers. I mean, they're both like Michael Denner. Yesterday, just called them two of the best, right? Yeah, Snowy was so young. You know, uh, I actually got him in the band because I heard a demo tape of his uh, local band in Gothenburg, and we were rehearsing drummers in in uh, L.A. at the time. And I told King, "Hey, I know a guy in Gothenburg who can, you know, kill it." And oh, you know, we can't have young guys. You know, like King wasn't doing it, but. We tried out, I don't know, 50 drummers. No one could even cope with the Mickey playing. So finally, we had to fly Snowy in, and, and, you know, he became the drummer. You know, we had an awesome time. And Snowy talks in his book about he went in, that's the part that I read, where he went into some school auditorium and saw some insane drummer playing, and it was Mickey D, like the guy that's like, holy, you know, thought that guy was like the, the top of the 
of the mountain and influenced him really big. So yeah. that's insane that you ended up, you know, playing with both those guys. And uh, he was one of the only ones that could kind of fill the shoot in the Mickey D shoes. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's interesting because you, with, with, there are a lot of great players out there, but every once in a while you'll see somebody and you'll see some of the artists that you know are really good and they see another artist like, oh, I'm not even in the same league here. I I thought it was good, but I'm not. I want to touch on something real quick, though, and I will say this. Chemistry is everything. Everything. When you're writing an album and everybody's interacting, or even if certain guys are just giving them their parts and what to do, tell them what to play. We've had this with Sled over the years. We've got, and right now we have some amazing chemistry going on. But not talk about us, but talk about you know. I mean, the album. I totally remember Abigail's the album. I mean, I'm just like, wow, man. When I first heard King Diamond, I heard that. I'm like, who the hell are these guys? Like, man? Wow, wow I yeah. love these guys. I mean, yeah. You know, and you look at a guy like people like that. You know, I want to chime in. I mean. When you listen to this, you know how Metallica pretty much stole their sound. Mm-hmm. Well, and even Marty Freeman's lead playing, a lot of it came from him listening to Pete Black. Well, you I knew mean, they were influenced by these I guys. Mean, Absolutely. I mean, he talked about Merciful Fate before. Yeah. but What about the Megadeth story? <laughs> oh, you guys, it, we were going to Hold that thought. Yeah, we're, we're running out of time We're going to get to the Megadeth here. story in just a second. Hey, guys, this is Kerry. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday night. We're rocking with the Wild Man, Pete Black, formerly of King Diamond. we got the Sled Track of the Week, Ozzy's Music Minute. Right here on Swell Radio, or if you wouldn't. There's more Swell Radio, RFUA, radio for unsigned artists. On the answer, San Diego. For all your tattoo and piercing needs, make sure you check out Last Day's Tattoo, 4919 Newport Avenue, San Diego, California, 92107. That's Ocean Beach, California. Call John or any of his wonderful artists. Piercing, tattoo, anything. 619-546-5150. That's 619-546-5150. Last Day's Tattoo. Swell Radio would like to thank our sponsors. Vox Direct, Brock Scott Photography, Brenniger Chiropractic, Always Metal Auto and Metal Recycling, Last Day's Tattoo, Mary's Donuts, Lakeside, Ramona Main Stage Theater, Rock and Roll San Diego, Conlon Digital Media, and the Arena Law Group. Without their sponsorship, our show would not be possible. Hey, this is Andrew Freeman from Last of Fine, and you're listening to Swell Radio, RFUA, on KCBQ San Diego. Turn it up! Welcome back to RFUA Swell Radio, radio for unsigned artists. On The Answer, San Diego. Hey guys, stick around your Saturday night. This is Carrie. We're going to be wrapping up with Pete Black in a second here, but for now, here's Ozzy's Music Minute. Take it away, Oz. Swell Ozzy's Music Minute again. This week, I'm going to do Ted Nugent. He began his career at the age of 17 in 1965 with the Amboy Dukes. Their big hit was Journey to the Center of Your Mind. 1973, Ted signed his first solo deal with Discreet Records, which was owned by Frank Zappa. The result was Call of the Wild. Two years later, he would hook up with Derek St. Holmes, Rob Grange, and Cliff Davies to start the original Ted Nugent group. 75, 6, and 7, he released three albums, Ted Nugent, Free For All, and the big one, Cat Scratch Fever. 
Now, during the recording of Free For All, Ted Singer quit the band, and he was replaced by an unknown singer named Marvin Aday, who would later go on to stardom as Meatloaf. During the 80s, Ted Nugent's sales began to slow down, as did his touring. He would go on to join Tommy Shaw of Styx to form the band Damn Yankees. They made a major comeback for Ted's career with the hit High Enough. Early 90s, he returned to his solo career. The result was Spirit of the Wild, his best-reviewed album in years. He would spend the next decade on the road with Kiss. Also at the same time, he hosts a radio show on WWBR in Detroit. He's an outspoken supporter of guns and hunting. Ted is also one of the few sober rockers out there, having never used drugs or alcohol. Everyone knows he supports the Republicans and Donald Trump. I love Ted Nugent. He's a great rocker. If you don't like his politics, put them aside. Don't cheat yourself out of the chance to see this guy. He is Ted Nugent. And there you have it, the Swell Aussie Music Minute on Swell Radio RFUA. All right, we're back here again. Hey, guys, we're going to get to the sled track of the week. This is called Back When. Take it away, Chris. Back when we were really young, nothing really mattered much to me. Take a chances even when we fall. Back when we were really young, nothing really mattered much to me. Take a chances even when we fall. Oh. Turn around, here she comes again. What makes you young and scream at me? Never do that, I could be so wrong
back when. From the Insane Laughter album, and you know, quite often we would open with that song on our tour. That was always one of our openers that we used back when. Back with Pete Black. Pete, so I'm going to ask you a kind of cool question. You had the opportunity to audition and be in Megadeth. Is that correct? As lead guitar player. Oh well, I don't know how close I was, but what happened was that I think it was Tom Suda that uh, called and said the A and R guy from uh, working with the label Megadeth, you know, wanted me to send my stuff in, and uh, that I had a good chance of of uh, becoming guitarist. But uh, I didn't send my stuff in because I was, you know, all. And, and, <laughs> so, so let me get this right. You guys, one of your bands, <laughs> passed on a deal with Roadrunner Records because yeah, you were too yeah, egotistical. Yeah. Strike number one. And then you were so, you just blew off the Megadeth audition. Kind of, yeah. I love it, man. Kind of. You know, at least you kind of own your crazy time. You know what I mean? But then again, it's it's your history and people, you were, in, in, even in that, like you call yourself that crazy but, time, you were making some freaking brilliant music just a time. note though i love megadeth oh no I, we're know, all megadeth i mean it's a perfect example we're all artists but as musicians we're, every one of us there's something wrong with us we're not your normal nine to five kind of people are you saying musicians are normal what yeah, yeah. we're just not you know we're not those people carrie wrote a song years ago called shirts and minds about the nine to five black black and white tie type guys you know and we were mocking them because we're not them and so tell us more pete about the Megadeth thing. So you, okay. you turned it down. And when was that? No, I didn't turn it down. I just didn't send my just stuff. blew it off. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't send my stuff in. And I went back to Sweden. It was Christmas, I think. And, and when I come back, came back, you know, I heard about the already started audition. And, you know, I forgot all about it. I don't know if Dave was involved in that. But, you know, it went through Tom Suda, who's a big A&R guy, who, who talked to the A&R guy at the label. That's, that's how, you know, it turned out. But I would love to play Megadeth. I mean... The, I love the guys, you know, and um, but maybe it wouldn't have been too fun with me and Dave together back in the days. So. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, I think that's a good commentary, actually. Did you live in L.A. for a while? Yeah. You guys moved to L.A., right? We moved to L.A. Was that on the Them record? Yep. Yes. And so the whole band was living in L.A., basically. We lived... Uh, uh, let me see, uh, three, four years in LA. And what was that like? I've read some of that stuff in Snowy Shaw's book, SteelCartel.com. You can pick it up, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but it, what it was, was going on then? It was, like I said, crazy times. Me and Hal Patino, we kind of lived at the Rainbow. You know, they said, you know, you can send your mail there because we were hanging out. <laughs> and, uh-huh. you know, the, the guys that own Rainbow, you know, Mike and those guys, they said, hey, guys, you know. I've been here for 30 years, you know, I've seen the doors and everyone, but you guys are the worst. You, <laughs> you King Diamond guys, you crawl in and you crawl out. <laughs> oh Carrie and I were hanging out at the rim, but right before our sledge we were playing at the Whiskey back with Mark Kendall's music. And uh, remember who we hung out with, Carrie? Who came out to us? Sheehan. Yeah, Billy Sheehan bought me and Carrie pizza and beer. He goes, hey, man, I got to split, guys. You guys want pizza and beer? Like, oh, man. Hey, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, it, it, it's amazing. This Having the amazing people like, you know, did you want to say something real fast? No, no. You know, going to let it go. AM 1170, FM 96.1 on the answer. All I can tell you guys is that it's been a great, and this is one of my favorite shows, especially having a legendary Pete Black in the house. Give him a little bit of love. Before we take off, my name's Pete DeLuke. Sean Peck. My name is Dino DeLuke. Carrie Rothman. And that means I was Swawazi. And I'm Cole Lewis. And what a night with Pete Black once again. Yeah. Thanks for being our special Let's guest. Very, sir. Loved it. We love you guys, America. We love you, San Diego. Keep listening. On the answer, AM 1170, FM 961. 
KCBQ San Diego, Swell Radio, RFUA. We are out of here. Thank you for joining us for Swell Radio, RFUA, radio for unsigned artists. Join us next week at this same time as the celebration of rock and roll music, both past, present, and future, continues. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, visit TheAnswerSanDiego.com. This has been Swell Radio, RFUA, radio for unsigned artists. On The Answer, San Diego.